The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Behind the Influence, a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. You know, like I slept on floors, shared meals. Like I didn't get to go to school and have that normal life of, of being a, a kid. I had to grow up really fast. Recognize that it's okay to take left turns. Sometimes you take a couple steps back as long as you're taking a couple steps forward afterwards. Videos and dance choreography started getting popular and I was at the forefront of that. I've seen so many people succeed and I see so many people that put the work in. It might not come when you want it to, but it always does come in some shape or form. We're here with Jade Shinoff. We just learned how to say it. Well, I'm sure you've known for years. Yes, I I think I should have known for years. I hope so. Actress, dancer, extraordinaire. We are so happy to have you here today. Thank you for stopping in. Thank you for having me. We have a lot to cover. Obviously, there's a lot to cover in the world of acting. Dancing is a huge part of your life. And it actually, they go together at the moment. Who knows if that will always be the case. I mean, you're probably going to star in movies that don't have you dancing or shows that don't have you dancing (laughs) but it's kind of cool that you get to do two things that you love we were actually just before we got started we were talking about the step up series and how obsessed literally everyone in here is with the step ups how could you not how could you not i mean it combines dancing some good looking people some good looking (laughs) people you you included by the way in the new iteration of the step up franchise they've had a lot of movies too haven't they Six. Six movies. Seven is coming out, and it's a China. One. I was going to ask, where is that located? Well. Stop. Before I booked the series, I did the China film. It's based off of, like, Chinese culture and everything, so I'm not one of the main characters, but they battle an American crew. So oh, are you it. in the crew that comes in with an attitude, like, we, hey, what's we, up? I mean, it's like they have this two competitive crews that are based in China, and then it's, like, the World Series, and... <sighs> Luckily, they kind of kept it realistic because we did beat them because it would have been kind of bad if we didn't because the the level was different. So it was it was nice that they were still like, yeah, like we're going to allow our main characters not to 
win win but they did beat the other crew that they had the bad blood with so Ooh, okay so that's yeah. fine that's so cool that they get to you get to cross over into the other parts of the franchise it was really cool i didn't even know i was doing the series at that point so and then do you like, think that that helped get the series i would hope so yeah I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I think they really wanted somebody who, who loved dancing. And I think that's what I kind of brought into it because we were really looking for people who can act and dance, which is, is a hard combo. Yeah. Because even though we're storytelling as dancers, it's hard to use words to portray real raw emotion. So the combination of the two was really hard to find, but we got really lucky. Like well, all my castmates are amazing. Oh my gosh. So, that's, yeah. that's incredible. So going back to the very first step up, what were you like two when that came out? Yeah, somewhere around there, but I still had a crush on Channing. <laughs> Who didn't have a crush on Channing? I know the whole world. I mean, really, this man is just like God's gift, but to your point, I don't even think he knew how to dance. Wait, was it, he didn't know how to act, but he was a dancer. It was one of the two. I think he he, like a male performer before. Oh, oh, yeah. I think he actually had some legit authentic experience in the stripping world. (laughs) So I believe I believe so. He brought it to the screen. He brought it to the musical world. Yeah. He then later made Magic Mike, but it was really actually him. Yeah. And then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, he goes on to be a part of movie franchise, TV franchise, which you're a part of. You're a regular. Yes. So you have two seasons under your belt already for the step up television series step up high water they took it back to the school which i think was really smart because the first movie was based in a performing arts school which makes sense while we're dancing and there's not just random dancing happening in the middle of the street everything kind of like tied in and it has real stories because there are hardships and problems and struggles within the dance industry that people may not know so it's cool that they shed light on that but we also integrate the Atlanta culture in there and the the street side of things and like the struggles with that side. So it's, it's very dramatic. Oh my gosh. And also possibly a season three in the works. Yes. Fingers are crossed. Fingers crossed. Toes crossed. Because you are actually in the world of dance and like you take classes, you're, you're a legitimate dancer. Were you able to contribute some of your real life experiences to the show? Like, do you go up to a director or an executive producer and be like, Oh, what if we did it this way? Because this is like very real in my right. world. I, I think our show is really good about letting us have some freedom with how we do scenes. And sometimes we can change different wording and stuff to maybe tie in things that we would normally say in real life. And definitely there's sometimes I'm like, ah, like in a real dance class, I don't think I'd actually say this during that because he's my teacher. Like I'd have this respect or so on and so forth. There's little things that like we are allowed to contribute into the scene, which is really nice Mm -hmm. to make it more realistic. And there's definitely with my character specifically, she's a rich girl from Buckhead, but the school is for lower income families in a different area. So she kind of sneaks away why her parents think she's going to this college. She's actually going to this the school and she's lying to everybody about who she is and once they find out it's all this drama and everyone already didn't like her because she's one of the only white girls she's white she's rich she's this this it's like all those stereotypes that are generally put on to a young female dancer and it's sometimes tied into real life a lot of people think that white girls can't do Mm hip-hop but that's not the case no culture is everything and expressing yourself is what dance is really about it's not really about where you come from or who you are it's just about the passion and the love and the storytelling of it honestly it made me I think connect to my character a little bit more to kind of 
show that circumstances don't define you where I didn't come from a rich background but I did have some struggles trying to break into the industry and prove myself in that sense so yeah so we'll we'll take it back because I think that's really interesting you're not from LA but you've definitely made your mark on the dance scene in LA and obviously all the things we talked about at the beginning of this interview you're on a really successful franchise series everyone knows the step up series you you're followed by millions of people who watch you dance on your many platforms from YouTube to Instagram to Twitter. Let's take it back to before all this stuff happened. Okay. You're not from L.A. Where are you from and how did you get involved in dance? I'm originally from Park City, Utah, and my family actually all still lives there. So that's kind of nice. It makes visiting easy. I started dancing when I was about two. My aunt had a studio it's called Marnie's Rainbow Dancers. <laughs> I definitely graduated from that, but my mom had me going there because she was teaching at the time there. And I just kind of got into dance at a young age. And my family, we were definitely middle class, but it was one of those things if we were going to invest in something, we had to put our full heart and our full energy and passion into it. So I was training in dance just for fun up until I was about 10, 11, 12. My brothers were doing football, so I had my thing. They had their thing. My dad was with them. My mom was with me. And I started competing. And as I was dancing, it went from, like, just running around in tutus to kind of really loving and understanding dance and for what it is. Like A lot of people think it's just movement. It's just having fun. But there's really something so liberating about being able to express yourself through movement without actually having to say anything. You can really leave all your emotions out on the dance floor, cheesily putting it. But it is, it, it, I kind of just fell in love and I kind of had a realization that I could make something more of it when I was around 10, 11, because I started going to conventions that were out of state every weekend to kind of train myself and see what else I could do with dancing. Because I think LA is one of those places that every person that thinks they're the best from their state comes. So it's definitely a rude awakening. You think you're doing really good when you're in Utah. And I trained my butt off and I was always at every convention and I would go straight from school to dance until 10 p.m. Then I do have to do homework. So it's always been a grind and my mom had to work at the studio to pay for my dance classes. So it's never been easy and I, I don't think the best things are easy. So that's why I think it drove my passion for it even more because it wasn't something that I just got handed to me. It was something I had to work for and that, that excited me. I've always been really competitive with myself too. So I wanted to be the best that I could be. And I've always been super dramatic. I always was like playing pretend when I was younger. So being able to tell stories as I was dancing too was perfect for me. And from there, I kind of got recognized by some choreographers at a specific convention it was called the pulse on tour and it had many choreographers that were working in the industry like brian friedman who choreographs for britney spears and many other people dave scott who's done most of the step up franchises and chris judd Lorianne gibson mia michaels all these people that you see featured on so you think you can dance or maybe if you see films they're the choreographers of those or tours or anything like that and I got the scholarship where I was able to assist them every weekend for a year. So I was up on stage with them helping and teaching the rest of the students. So that Wow, really, how old were you at this point? I was 12. 
And I, at the time, I was actually the youngest one that. What were you doing at twelve? Right. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, I like lived and breathed dance. Like things that I look back on now, like that used to be my life, and it was so dramatic. Like oh, I messed up in that class. Like I'm, my life is over. Like it just changes, you know. But I was really focused on it, and it was a, a great time for me to have that opportunity too, because although I was still one of the youngest, they had different levels. There's intermediate, advanced, advanced pro. So I was intermediate because of my age group. But it really put me on the spot and kind of made me really decide if this is what I wanted to do. And it kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities of working as a professional, not just doing dance competition and competing. And they kind of really pushed me and tuned in on me and honed in on my talent and was really trying to make me more than what I was. I think they saw my potential, which was really great because it's important to see that at a young age, especially it helped me further my career. I, I came out to LA when I was 12, which is crazy. I've been doing this since I was 12. So people saying like, oh, you're only 20 and you have all these experience and it's under your belt. Like I'm 18, I just moved out here. I have not like, I'm like, yes, but I already went through those stages. I was just 12. I, I had to sacrifice a lot too with schooling and friendships and everything because I had to start traveling every weekend for these conventions. And then from there, one of the choreographers made a little group and we auditioned for America's Best Dance Crew. And although we didn't make it to the live, the live showings, it, it got me out to LA and I started taking classes out here. And I was like, oh, I think I'm good, but I'm not that good and I want to be that good. And it was cool because at the time there wasn't that many kids taking class and social media wasn't that big. So I was really able to train with these adults and and the level of respect that I had for them was crazy. I mean, that's one problem that I think we do have now is the younger generation is so exposed to the dance world that the adults don't really have their separation in class and kids think they can stand in front of people. But at the time, like... I was so even honored to be in the class and you had to get permission to take class when you were that age. Now you can just go in unless they say it's a certain age, 16 and up or 18 and up. But I used to have to ask the teacher like, hey, can I take your class because I want to train with you or I'd have to get permission and they have to sign it and I wouldn't even be able to go in. And my mom would travel with me on the weekends and I started coming to LA like a couple days and then I'd drive back and we'd, we'd drive from Utah oh, every wow. time. Yes, so shout out to my mom. Your for mom being is a, a rock. Yeah, yes. that's that's some. But yes. she obviously saw something in you. Otherwise, no, I don't totally. think she. And and that's something that I I've always been very blessed with was I've had a supportive family, and I know not a, not a lot of people have that. So it's nothing. It's something that I would never take for granted because I know that many other people's circumstances are different, and I was lucky that they believed in me and they were going to see it through, even though. You know, we were sharing meals and sleeping on floors every time we came out. I would. It wasn't something that I even saw as a bad thing because I didn't even realize that it was because of money or anything. I was just like, oh, a road trip, you know? Like, oh, you want to share a meal with me because you want to share a meal with me. It has nothing to do with how much it costs. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. So my family really made the experience good for me in it. And That's I'm so very, very, very fortunate. That, I think that makes all the difference. It does. I, I've always owe everything to my family, but... Every every time I come out here too, you it's it's different. LA is different. People are different, and it's very competitive as well. So there's that little bit of you know competitive air between everybody. Even when you step in a class, and I was I wasn't used to it. I was like, oh, we don't all love each other. Like, what is this? Oh, you don't like me because I'm good. Like, what does that mean? Like, I like you because you're good. It's just this big competitive thing, and 
you know, eventually those couple days turned to weeks, turned to months, and then I started being in L.A. more than I was in Utah. And I think around 16, I don't even have an official move date to California, but I think around 16 was when I was here more than I was Utah. Mm -hmm. And um, I roomed with three other people. My mom and I shared a, a room, a smaller room. You know how, like, when you get an apartment, there's the bigger room and there's a smaller room. We shared the smaller room with another mom and daughter. And were they also in the dance world? They were, yes. Mm -hmm. And I had met them through convention, and she ended up being one of my best friends, and we were roommates for seven years. Wow. So I just actually recently got my own apartment by myself. So, like, I, I saw that on your excited. I saw your little tour on your YouTube. Yeah, and I'm very cute. It's a home design, so I get to live <laughs> out that dream too. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. But yeah, it was, it was, it's been a journey for sure, and it's been a long time. <laughs> I've had a long time to really get into the industry and figure out what I like in other dancers and what I don't like and kind of take all of those things that I think that I could do really well and mash them up into one well-rounded dancer. And I always say that I have so much to work on still. Like, I will never stop growing. And I think that's what people commonly have misconceptions about is people are like, oh, Jade, like, give me the secrets. Like, how do I get into the industry? Like... I, I want to book a tour, like, da-da-da-da. I'm like, well, you know, there there are really no secrets. Like, you have to do it from the ground up. You have to take classes. If you want to be booked by someone, you have to get in front of their face, take their class regularly. You have to study what they, what they like and what they book, and you kind of have to... Dancing is one of those hard things that you have to be a full package, so you have to... You know, you have to keep working out. You have to, you have to look. You have to keep yourself together. Your like body is your image, and it's your it's your selling point, which is, it causes a lot of hardships for I think everybody in the industry, females and males included. Mm -hmm. You are constantly being like judged and and torn apart because they're they want the full look, and I think that comes with this entertainment industry in general. You have to always be on basically and. It's been, it's you know, it's been hard because it makes people competitive. It makes people a little salty towards each other. And and you just have to really, like, seek out the people that are going to want to grow with you rather than want you to stay where they're at because it, it is it does get hard. And I think L.A. is, like, this big filter system. I always use it. It's like one of those those noodle drainers. You know, everybody comes in and they think they can do it and they, they really hope they can, but LA is so cutthroat and it's it's so brutal and honest and really only the people that are going to really be willing to take those no's and keep going and hopefully turn them into yeses are the ones that end up here. A lot of people go home, which is, it's really sad. I see a lot of people move out here. They they did really well well where they're from, and then they come out here and they're like, oh, I'm not the best out here. Like, well, okay, giving up, you know. It, it's it's really hard, and especially with social media now, there's not as many auditions as there used to be. There used to be, like, five auditions a week, and sometimes you had two a day, but now they're rarely, like, maybe every couple months because people are just getting direct booked via social media. And... There's also these like two sides in the industry of in the dance industry specifically of people who love social media and people who hate it. And it's usually the older generation that doesn't really love it. But for me, in my eyes, I've always seen social media as a business tool, as a way to express myself and connect to people that I would never be able to without it. And 
I, you know, obviously it, it gets hard because sometimes I'm in class and I'm like, oh, I really don't think I did good, but I'm still getting called out because they want me to be in this video. Like, uh, I don't know. I'd rather not go because I don't want to be on tape today. I just want to train. I want to feel I've good about myself. I've always wondered about that. So I'm going to cut, I'm going to rudely interrupt no, you. So no. I always see these videos of like the playground, is it playground yeah. or wherever? And, and there's one person dancing in the front and then there's two in the back. Like this is a really uneducated question. I'm not in this world. Are you going to class that day not knowing that they're going to put you on tape and then they put you on tape? How does that work? So basically you go to class and you have about an hour or 45 minutes to an hour to learn the combo. And then you kind of do it in groups and focus on that. And then they'll end up calling people out. So you have no idea if you're going to get called out. But is not. your goal to get called out when I you go mean, to class? When I was younger, it definitely was. Because it, it, at the time, it wasn't really about videos. It was about like getting seen by people. And well, I guess back in the day, there was no social media. Yeah. It wasn't There wasn't a pressure to be like, I'm going to go to class today. It was just purely class. Whereas right. now you go to class and you're like, my outfit needs to be on point. Exactly. My makeup needs to be done. Because right. if they call me out, there's going to be now a video floating around. Exactly. And I think that's what it's really hard with social media is some people don't like that pressure some people don't want the camera on them they just want to train they just want to be there to learn they want to be able to mess up and not feel bad about it they don't want to put on this show which I completely understand and I think there's definitely a balance and a lot of people are like oh Jade only goes to the classes that get filmed but I'm like no if you think about it you don't know the classes that I go to that aren't filmed because they're not filmed there's so many different classes and I think a lot of people have like a bad taste in their mouth about people filming in class nowadays but they don't realize there's always options for other things and for me I really wanted to utilize social media and I think it's smart for any person in the entertainment industry that's trying to make it is to not view social media as something to be showy and to get followers but more to connect to people and to really get yourself out there because you never know who's going to be watching at that point and as long as you remain like a good person and that's something that I've always really tried to stay is like to stay the same person that I came into this industry as mm -hmm. because a lot of people change and it's really sad and it's because a lot of people want to follow the the mainstream of what everyone else is doing they want to act they want to be friends with certain people and and make those relationships or they don't like this person because they got the job over them or they have social media followers therefore they're not actually great dancers because they're just social media people and I think Lately, a lot of the dancers that have been getting recognition are actually some of the best dancers. And obviously, sometimes there's like people you're like, oh, that person's not like, you know, really that good. But yeah, sure, go follow them and think they're amazing. But it's always been my goal to not really prove myself, but just to stay who I am and to kind of maybe connect to somebody. And I love storytelling, which is why I love acting as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that. The reason why people have connected with me is because I didn't shy away from the camera. It's hard because you just learned a chore you just learned choreography. You're like, I might forget it. And it's hard to kind of strip that away and focus on a camera and focus on storytelling. And for me, I just know that there's always a deeper message within dance. And whether it's an emotional dance, a happy dance, whatever, it can really connect to somebody and someone can feel relief from watching it or maybe have a realization of what they're feeling and and that's always something that I've wanted to do with my social media, per se, is to really keep it raw and honest. I don't want to put this facade up that's not really me. I don't want to put images up of me on my Instagram that aren't what I really look like. I always want to keep it real. I'm not trying to be something I'm not because 
the worst thing that could happen is somebody meets me in person. They're like, oh, wait, what? That's you? Like Your no. butt isn't 10 feet wide. Right. Like, who? What happened? You, you definitely I love those tunes when you like think they look like something and you're like, you don't look like Black Anything. China. No. It's crazy. It really is. And that, that like. But you're doing yourself a disservice, like you exactly. said. It's almost like, why even put yourself in that position? And but I, people I, do it. Social media is hard. It's, I mean, that's why people put these facades up is because I've actually like been recently trying to stay away from my phone in general because not that I thought I had a problem, but I was just like, oh, this might be nice. I'm going to try it out like a little social media cleanse thing where I'm only going to go on for this amount of time per day and post what I need to post and kind of exit off because we're constantly looking and trying to be involved in everything and everyone else rather than focusing on ourselves. And it's caused a lot of people to have insecurities. And that's why I started the self-love Sundays was because I I recognized it in myself. I was constantly searching other people and comparing myself to other people and seeing these Instagram models, wondering why I didn't look like them or seeing someone else dance and being like, oh, I don't think I can do that or all of these other things or these people have these opportunities that I wish I could have. And I found myself like, Which is ironic because I think a lot of people probably look at you and think the exact same thing. So it's really beautiful that you're pointing that out because even someone like you, who's a series regular, you're getting booked on things. Halsey wants you to dance with her. I mean, you have things going on that are incredible. For sure. And I think that that's why it's important for me to try to keep the message of like, I am so grateful and there's never like any, any situation that I'm not grateful for. And But it's also important for me to showcase that it isn't always easy because a lot of people think that these people have these lives that are so grand. And like once you have this, once you achieve this, you're going to be happy. But then once you have it, you're not happy. And it's because you haven't really experienced the whole journey of it. And there's always ups and downs. This industry is really hard. It's not like a steady income. It's always job to job to job. You never know when you're going to book it. So it's it's very high stress and Obviously, I am so thankful that I'm not I'm not working a job that I I don't love I don't love to do. I'm fortunate that what I do and what I make money from is something that I do love. But it definitely is really hard, and it, it's built for certain personalities that can can withstand it because it's as much as there's it's a small world and a small industry. It's a very lonely industry if you come out here, especially from out of state. There's you. People come and go in your life because things are always changing and people are always trying to be something else or or interests contrast or conflict with them. And I've had so many people come in and out of my life because not that I think I'm so successful, but I think my my confidence in the fact that I believe that whatever efforts I put in, I can always make any outcome that I want. And I I know that one day I'm going to make it in how I want to make it. And it's always up to me. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And it's, it's very intimidating to see somebody who's confident in their journey and confident in them and trying to love themselves. Because if you don't feel that way, you, you, you feel a little insecure about it. And it's hard to watch your friends get your dream job. I get that totally. But it's always been something that I've had to really seek out those people that are really going to support me and love me in every circumstance. And it's been hard because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to tell anybody that I got this because I don't I don't want them to feel bad. Like, 
even though this is something I did work for. So it should be something that I should celebrate and people should also celebrate. And instead of turn away from, be inspired by. And I find myself constantly inspired by my friends in all wakes of life, whether it be like my friends on tour with J Balvin right now. And it, she's traveling the world, getting paid to travel the world and perform and do what she loves. And and to me, that's that's amazing. That's living the life. That's one stepping stone closer to what she wants to do. And it's just, I, I, I want everyone to really like feel the love and the support in the community because if we create a community, people can grow so much easier. And there's not just one spot at the top, there's room for everybody. And I think that's something that people might think otherwise on. But I've seen so many people succeed and I see so many people that put the work in. It might not come when you want it to, but it always does come in some shape or form. That satisfaction, the, the success that you always want. As long as you work hard and you stay a good person, that's really, I think, my key to. Yeah. What is, what is making it to you? Because I know that it's going to change probably every year. Right. Right. Like, you know, you may have never been a series regular, then all of a sudden you are. And that's like a moment. Right. But then you're going to evolve and you're going to have another mountain that you want to climb. What is making it or successful look like to you? When I was younger, it was different. It was booking a certain job or doing something else. But for me now, like, especially because I'm in my 20s, I'm a young adult, I, I'm i not just, I'm paying my own bills, like, there's stress of life. For me, it's always just to be happy in the process because a lot of times people place happiness on a certain accomplishment. And then once you get it, then it's like, okay, what now? Like, I'm not, I'm not happy. So I think, like, exactly what you said, my... my my goals are constantly changing. I have life goals. I have I have relationship goals. I have job goals. But I think the most important thing for me to do in the process is to really experience and be present in every moment in, in the, the stepping stones. Because even though, like, the success and the accomplishment is so great, like, I learned so much more getting there than I did once I got it. So for me, it's just to really be open to everything and to kind of have to you have to think on your feet you have to be ready for anything life changes the industry out here is constantly changing and the rug will get pulled from underneath your feet I wish I could put on my re my resume like almost booked this like was really close but like no one even knows what I almost booked or how long I spent preparing for that job and then I didn't get it because you only really promote your successes on social media and that's all people can really see you as is what you what you put out there mm -hmm. and for me my goal is to be happy but obviously there's career goals that I would like to accomplish as well and yeah I think it always changes I think what's your current career goal Ooh, to be a lead in a movie theater movie so in a cinema that I mean I think worldwide. if we were to look at the trajectory it seems like you're on that path you I'm know really trying acting is a whole another monster well too. obviously you know what you're doing you wouldn't be booking series regulars you would just be you know dancing is incredible but you would just be in that one lane but you've kind right. of crossed over into bringing two talents together which and it's working for you right and I think something that I've learned from being in this industry and and because I started so young I think I'm starting other things young as well I I've really seen that I can't just be a one-trick pony I need to be an entrepreneur I need to have 
all of the, I want to be a business. I want to I want to do all of these things before everyone else thinks to do them. And I think that's kind of what I've always tried to do is to step outside what the norm is and to do things before other people do it to maybe inspire people to do the same thing. And for me, I am trying to use my social media to actually promote positivity and maybe address certain things that people my age might be going through or people need to hear or just little tips and things that I've learned from my life and and when I do these self-love Sundays I don't actually think I know everything and it doesn't mean I'm always great at the things I'm talking about but I always try to relate it to what's going on in my life currently just to make it something that other people can relate to Mm -hmm. so I want to start using my success per se for inspiring other people but then I'm also working on being a choreographing my own things and being a dancer and training but then I also want to be an actress and I want to do that and then I'm also integrating the fitness into me into my lifestyle and I have a fitness program that I've been selling to people and helping transformations with that and really learning about health and I'm trying to manage my money properly before you know, you never know what's going to happen. And so that's why I, I really want to utilize all the time that I have and and utilize the the materials that I have right now because we we don't know. Social media could die out. It could be a, a MySpace thing, and now it's not a big thing anymore. And it's... You're so evolved and already <laughs> uh, grasp that concept because I think so many people, and I hate saying influencer, but if you're an influencer and you are one, you have influence, it's right. just a fact they think this is forever and right. and they'll be and there's nothing's forever exactly so you always have to think five steps ahead 100 and, and it seems like you're doing that I, i'm really lucky too because my family works with me on my business side so my older brother he kind of is like my personal manager and he's he's always been so intelligent and he's really into business and marketing and stuff so he's been really guiding me and helping me with all these things and he always tells me that jade like you can't just be on, on, on Instagram. You have to really project yourself all over because once something's gone, like, what's left? Will you still be remembered without that? And that's something that I always want somebody to look up to me without social media. I don't want it to be just because I have a certain amount of followers. And I think the word influencer is often misused. And I think so many people are categorized as influencers, but what are they influencing? To be anorexic and not eat or to go party and do all this thing or just to take selfies all the time like I really want to use what I have and actually influence people for the better and it took me a while to realize how I wanted to do that and so I just started incorporating things that happen my day in my daily life and I know that I have so much to learn and I think even social media and this industry is constantly teaching me different lessons whether they're good or bad and I think it's really ultimately about how you bounce back from these hardships because this industry like everybody says 30 no's to one yes and it's crazy the amount of like if you guys knew how many self-tapes or auditions in acting that I've done and I've I've booked this one series like I would really hope so I booked something because otherwise I might need to change my (laughs) career path but it is hard and it's really hard to keep going and to keep inspiring yourself and pushing yourself and trying to see new areas that you can grow in because a lot of people plateau especially in dancing there's you know you go on tour or you become a choreographer like what else is there I've just always like tried to be inspired by everyone and tried to learn something new and not really allow myself to settle because once you settle that's that's when you start 
opening yourself up to the same opportunities and to the same outcomes is you're you're not really trying to even see anything else and a lot of people see failure as something so bad but I've really like if I look back you know I'm 20 I haven't had that many things that are super crazy happen in my life but there have been some things that really threw me off my game like whether it be personal or job related Looking back, those are actually like my favorite memories because I learned so much about myself in that process. And also when you when you get these no's or, or you feel a certain way, whether you, you let's say you're depressed right now. I used to never be able to relate to people that were like that. I was like, why don't they just bounce out of it? Like they still have so much. There's so much great going on. And and I actually went through a period where I was stuck with who I was as a person and I was never letting it integrate into my business which and and my dancing and my career which was yeah I'm pat myself on the back for that because it, it could have really messed things up but I felt lost and and I had to really push through and find th- that self-love and that's actually why I started self-love Sundays was because I realized that I wasn't giving myself the same love that I was giving everyone else I was filling everybody else's cups but I wasn't allowing people in my life that were filling mine back so I was just drained and I was empty and I, I lost a bunch of friendships all at once and I I just felt lost out here I don't have my family out here so it's it's really tough industry you feel isolated and I now feel like I have this compassion for people that are going through that and I feel like I can relate and maybe approach different aspects of my life because of those lessons I learned in failure or whatever however you look at it so it's just you know this this is it's been a journey i'm only 20 but it you know it nothing's easy and i think it's good that nothing's easy because it breeds you for to be able to take on so much more i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you attribute your success to this attitude because it seems like first of all you're very young and it's not knocking I'm not an ageist but for you to be so evolved and to understand these concepts some people don't understand this till they're in their 40s 50s they have a midlife crisis they're like oh this is why this didn't work out for me what do you attribute to this this mentality and this attitude one thing that I've always believed was that I have the power to create or manifest any opportunity or any job or any goal in my life and I've always really tried to hold on to that most importantly I didn't want to change who I was and I think I was raised an amazing way and shout out to my family because they always taught me that it doesn't matter how much you have or where you're at in life like it down to the t like it matters if you're a good person and I think when you have good karma, good karma comes out into the world and you get you get gifts and, and successes back because what you put out is what you always get back. And yeah, you always see those people, you're like, they don't deserve that. Like they didn't even work hard. They're not even a good person. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter what everybody else is doing. And that's something that I've definitely had to learn. And I think that's helped me gain the success that I have is to not be too involved in everyone else's successes or opinions and it's it's a very fine line of being selfish and selfless Mm. and really focusing on yourself like it it, there's you know it's hard you some people would categorize oh that's selfish if you don't care about anybody else but it's not that I don't care about anybody else but you just always have to put yourself first in the matter of what's going to benefit you as a person and your happiness and your overall drive. And you need to surround yourself with certain people. And if there's people that you feel like are draining you or, or you don't really gel with, you you should exit that situation and you need to leave. And I think that me just, I, I've always been competitive with myself and not really with other people. And I think that's a a good characteristic that I've carried out throughout my career. And I think that's something that's really pushed me to gain the success that I have is because it's never been about if someone else got something or if they have something over me it's always been about what can I do to be better and to be really honest with yourself that's it's really hard it's so hard to be like oh yeah I really didn't do good there like I need to assess how I I handled that situation and I need to be better from that and to be brutally honest with yourself and your career path is really hard too because you have you take a lot of pride in what you do and you don't want to fail and stuff but Unless you you recognize your areas of weakness, there's no way to make those strengths. And I think I've just really just tried to stay constantly evolving and and evolving with this industry because the world is evolving. Like everything's Mm -hmm. always changing around you. And it's it's really important to adapt to those changes and to embrace them and 
to really just like have your eye set on where you want to go in life and recognize that it's okay to take left turns. Sometimes you take a couple steps back as long as you're taking a couple steps forward afterwards. But yeah, I just have to, I, I've always stayed motivated and I, I don't let things get me down, which obviously there's those days where I'm just like, this sucks. Like, dang it. Like, man, life sucks. But I really have to like pull myself out of that. And I've been really focusing on that anytime I get any negativity or any thoughts in my head, I really have to pull myself out of that and start thinking about everything that I do have. Because like you said, like many people would love to have the life that I have. And I always have to realize that, that like everything that I do have is although I've earned it I'm also very fortunate and very lucky to be where I'm at and it's all about timing too I think I came into the industry at a really great time I came in and I I started dancing I was able to train under these amazing people and then by the time social media came around I was already adjusted to this lifestyle and this industry and I got hit by social media at a great time where there was no other dancer that was getting popularity so videos and dance choreography started getting popular and I was at the forefront of that so if I didn't come out to LA maybe at a certain time I wouldn't have been in the same position so everything's about timing and I, I know that everything happens on its own time and we all have our own path mm-hmm. and you really just gotta know that like everything happens for a reason it's like one of the my favorite quotes of life like everything happens for a reason whether it be something that you don't really want And that's something that I have conversations with all my friends or like my family all the time. It's like you usually are in a bad situation when it's not necessarily something you want and it's something that you need. A lot of times things happen, happen to you and and you're like, but I don't want that. So you fight it and you end up being in this bad relationship with whatever it is, this this opportunity or this situation. And you got to really see that like it's not always going to be about what you want. Sometimes you're going to veer off the path of what you thought was what you were going to do for life and your life takes a different turn and you just really have to embrace those turns and those, you know, all these things that you don't necessarily want, but you need. Mm -hmm. I don't want everything that happens to me, but I definitely think I needed it and I feel like I've grown from it and it kind of helps me tune and hone in on what I really want to do in my life and Ultimately, for me, like, I I just want to, I want to, everybody says it, but I really do want to make a difference in the world. And I want to, once I have the the means to be able to travel and, like, give back to people and help, I'm I'm a big nature head, so I'm a total hippie at heart. Hmm. I want to be able to, like, plant trees and go to these different places and be able to help people and give back because... Ultimately, like this world, when we when we all die, like, is it really going to be measured about like what accomplishments we have? It's it's more about like how we change the world and how we changed others lives. And and that's what I do love about social media. It's one of my favorite things about it is that we have the opportunity to connect with people from everywhere. Dancing, it allows me to have different countries and different convention people reach out to me and be like, hey, would you like to come teach in this place? A, I get to go meet new people and inspire new people and embrace this new energy and see this new culture. And I get to travel and I get to do what I love. Like there's so many positives to social media. Obviously, with everything, there's positives and negatives. But that's one of my favorite things about it is I can connect to so many different people. And it's really cool. And, you know, it's also kind of cool for for especially my mom loves it. You know, she gets to always know what I'm doing and and it connects with family. And I'm grateful for that. But, you know, it also is kind of like, oh, I, I get to look back on it sometimes. Sometimes I scroll all the way down and I'm like, oh, wow, 
I have gotten better. Like, you know, I think it's super important. And with videoing and dancing, a lot of people see it as, oh, you're just showing off, you know, like you're showing. But like, I actually learn so much from every video that I post. And people don't know that I don't just post them. A lot of times I will watch them in slow motion and go through them super slowly and critique every little second of my dancing because I do. I want to be the best. Like, why not be the best if you're capable of it? And I've always thought that, like, what what are you waiting for? Like, and I, I have to inspire myself and motivate myself sometimes too. Like, it's like when you haven't gone to the gym for a while, it's really hard to get back into it. <laughs> but you just really have to motivate yourself to want to be better. You're not always going to be at your best and that's okay. You should always have that motivation and, and inspiration to try to maintain that. We're never going to be perfect, but it's always a goal. <laughs> so there's so many dancers on Instagram who are posting videos all the time it feels like in the last two years, it kind of became like a trendy thing to do, right? What do you think sets your content apart from there's so much content out there and right. you have so many followers? What do you think sets your content apart from some of the others? And if you if you have some feedback or a tip to give somebody who wants to be a dancer and obviously being on social media has helped you book jobs and right. people find you there. So what advice would you give someone who wants to be the next Jade? For me, I think what has actually really like set me apart is I really embrace the story of it because people don't want to just watch for entertainment. They want to feel something. That's ultimately what we do. We do everything to feel something. We eat to feel full. We watch certain things to get a certain emotion out. And for me, I really embrace the storyline of it. And I think what has set me apart from maybe other dancers and I, I can't really speak for everybody else because I don't know what they're thinking when they're dancing but I'm really trying to be like honest when I'm dancing and whether that's like a, a fun dance I'm trying to tap into that a great memory or something like that and for me I, I never just put out content because I need it I really want it to be because I'm inspired by it or I feel like it could help somebody and I don't just take classes that are be because they're filmed. Like I'll take certain classes that I really enjoy and I connect with and I can learn something from. So I, I think that the difference between, I don't know, it's hard because I, I there's so many amazing dancers that deserve all the light and But you're and definitely different. Following. You're definitely, I mean, there's a difference between you and a lot of the dancers. There's a reason why you're getting booked on things that others aren't. And it, I'm not knocking anyone, but there's something... I honestly think it's that I'm not trying to be anybody else. Yeah. You're and super authentic. I mean, you. it it comes across in all of your content. You're never trying to be the cool girl, which I really... No, but I you are. But you are. I think that's what's so cool about you. I sound so cool about you. Like, no, but like, seriously, I think that's what... People really love authenticity. And you can't no, fake sure. that. And I think with social media, there's like a certain stigma that you have to be something you have to be a certain person to be a social media influencer or what do you think that person attention. is that people think, think they people have to think be you have to be perfect they don't want to see that you're silly they want to see that you have you're pretty and you're always put together and you you only do this and you there's certain lanes like i'm the funny person or i'm that pretty person or i'm this person or i'm the you know, like there's so many different categories, but like I think I'm all of those things combined and I can be all of those things combined. And and I did realize for a while that after my videos were posted, like I have this alter ego when I dance, 
I call her Jade. It's not actually Jade. Um, because I get really serious when the music comes on because I'm so inspired by music. I love music. And that's why I think I love dancing so much is because I love the feeling that I get when listening to it. And I want to portray that with movement. And I think like I, a lot of people are like, oh, like you're actually nice. Because I, I, I can come across intimidating if I'm doing like a serious stance or like something like maybe it's a heels class. Like people might think I, I think I'm something I'm not. So I always make sure that I use my social media to show all aspects of my life and all aspects of my personality because I'm not just one thing. and I don't have to be just one thing. And I want people to know that like you can you can put like on a little show, but you can still be a good and humble person afterwards. You can go and do a solo and get called out in this awesome class, which is so cool, but then come back down to earth right back after it. And also I like to post things like even when I mess up because it's important for people to know that I'm not perfect because nobody is and everybody messes up. And, and I think that in regards to a little message for aspiring dancers and aspiring artists, I think it's super important for you to really utilize the, the means that we have now, social media, or if you're not in LA and you don't have the opportunity to come to this place where it's the land of opportunity to really make the best of your situation at home, to train in every style because you never know which style you need. I trained in ballet, tap, lyrical, contemporary, jazz, I have a little bit of salsa, even acrobatics and all of these things and hip hop. You need to know your you need to know your career. You need to know what you're trying to pursue. Otherwise, how are you going to be able to tell a true story if you're not even speaking the truth because you don't know this movement or you have to know your history. Just like when you're doing a job, you need to go to school for it. This is your school. Taking class is your school. So I would just really suggest to train in every style and to stay consistent and stay honest with yourself and if you don't have somebody filming you, ask somebody to film you on your phone and to study it and to to try to become better after each video. And if you don't have the opportunity to stay in L.A. and you come, learn a class. If you think, I didn't get all the moves, dang it. Like, how did they learn that so fast? Like, I'm not there yet. Take that combo and take it back home and keep rehearsing it every day until you feel like you have perfected it in how you want to. And I, I think it's just to stay motivated and you have to keep pushing yourself and keep realizing new areas and watch people that inspire you and don't try to copy them because I think a lot of people are even in the dance industry there's always like trends of movement that happen like now it's like the super hard full out trend now everybody's doing slinky like wavy movement and I'm like why can't we just do it all all at once and that's what I've always tried to do is I, I see these people that inspire me. And instead of like, oh, I want to be like them, I'm like, wow, that was really cool. What what about them could I add to me that would that would work well with what I already have going? And mm -hmm. just to really try to be a tr like a jack of all trades and to, you know, be well-rounded and, and to really keep growing because there's always different ways that you can keep getting better. And I think that that's super important to remember, even if you don't have the opportunity to come out to LA to utilize the social media, watch these dancers that you love and figure out why they, why you love them and see what you can apply to yourself. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So on the outside looking in, I think it'd be easy for somebody to have the common misconception. Like you said, like, oh, Jade's got it easy. All these things happen. They don't know that you've been here since 12, the age of 12, dancing since two. You've had a lot of big wins, but there have been days that you didn't win. And there have been days that you probably wanted to quit. How did you get out of that mind frame and show up to class the next day? Honestly, for me... Because, yeah, it is that is one thing that I would like always tell people like, no, like it isn't it isn't easy just because it it looks easy. You only get to see a glimpse of my life through social media. You don't really know who I am. You don't know what I'm going through. And no one wants to hear the bad days. So people only showcase their great days. You know, like I slept on floors, shared meals like I didn't get to go to school and have that normal life of of being a, a kid. I had to grow up really fast. And those are certain things that I had to sacrifice, but I would do it all over again. And I think when I have these, these like letdowns or these, these failures or whatever it is in my eyes that didn't go well, I, I just really have to tell myself, I, first of all, I let myself feel the feeling because I've always been bad at that. 
I've always kind of internalized my emotions and, and I'm like, nope, can't be sad. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then eventually the things pile up and I have this big, you know, big panic attack or something like that where I'm like, oh, like everything's wrong. But like really it's just built up emotion. So I really let myself feel the emotion of of not having what I want. And I, I allow that to be okay. I give myself that day to really sit in it to to you know like allow myself to be sad but to realize that that means that it just wasn't meant for me and I think that's always what I have to keep in my mind is that if I didn't get something it wasn't meant to be mine and it's a hard pill to swallow it's it's a kind of an ego bruiser but it's it, it keeps me going that I know that something else is on the horizon and it's always when people have these really hard times that these great things happen and for me, when I had my my little moment at the the end of this last year, beginning of this year, uh, I ended up getting Halsey right after. And during the process, I was like, why did this happen to like, why am I in this place? Like, why am I so negative? I, I don't see a way out. I at the time I didn't have an apartment because I just got back from filming in Atlanta and I gave up my apartment. So I didn't have my own space. I didn't feel I wasn't sleeping enough. Like it was just all these pile of things. And I didn't know why this was happening to me. And I didn't know why I wasn't happy because I still had so much to be grateful for. And then, although like I, I, I was in this depressed state, I was still fighting to be better. I wanted to be happy and I wanted to figure out what it was that wasn't making me happy. And once I started allowing myself to embrace that side of me, but to see the positive and the, the positive the silver linings of everything, that's when I got this great job. And I was able to actually use those emotions that I was going through in the story that I told with Halsey. That was a beautiful performance, Thank by the so way. Much. And you got a lot of a lot of press for that because it was just I think it really resonated with a lot of people. Totally. And and for me with that job, like it was it was such an honor to tell such an important story. And that's why I respect Halsey so much is because she utilizes her platform to actually address things that need to be addressed you should be able to love whoever you want and there should be no judgment on that and I love that her music video had a male but then she used a female for this story and I also love that she's so confident and loving of herself that she's able to share her light with somebody else it's also not like even on beyond the the story that we were telling and the message that we were portraying as a dancer that's huge no dancer has ever been put on an equal level as the artist. We're always behind them. You were to make you were performing with you guys were performing together. And hundred percent. And that's what I love about it. And she was so willing to do that. She didn't. She doesn't always dance. So she was like, "Oh, this is nervous, nerve wracking for me too." And I'm like, "Were you I'm, teaching her how to dance?" We we had um we had a Some choreographer for the job, but she already could move really she well. killed like, it she's amazing so i was like okay i mean whatever. you were, you were like, clearly the dancer but she killed it no she you know she's she's amazing and i think she's like really tapping i have such a crush on her I'm i have a lie like if I, I were going down that like same she'd be, she'd be it. i'd consider it i would too i don't really follow a lot of celebrities but right. she's somebody that i love following because she just doesn't give a shit no, she's, she's so authentically all the time unapologetically herself and i all love that about her and i hope that artists start doing that more because i think it's really empowering especially right. for this new generation that to me feels kind of lost like everyone's sure. like who am i what do, am i a jake pauler like everyone is right. just you know like trying to categorize whatever trying to fit into a category whatever trend is and then you see someone like halsey who one minute she's doing a pop song the next minute she's doing like 
alternative rock, right. which is She's so not incredible. Herself. Exactly. And also, like from a dancer perspective, you don't get treated very well on tours or things like that. Dancers are kind of like at the bottom of the food chain in that sense. Mm. We don't make nearly as much money as artists or actors or singers. We're probably at the bottom of that, but I also think it's one of the most physically demanding. Oh yeah. So it, it's it's always been unfair. Like, oh, like why are we all in one trailer when I, the, like one time I, I was on a show and we were dancing and they, let's say upgraded me and I had a line. I got my own trailer, people asking me what I needed, but before I was in this hot room with 15 other dancers that was the same size as my my room that I had now by myself. Oh my god. It's it's like and you you're awesome, like always like, "Okay, you, you got to keep going." Like, "Okay, we're going again." You're like, "I need a breath. Like my body is going to die." Like and people don't realize that and and a lot of people just think that like cuz dancing is so entertaining. It's kind of like a dance monkey dance. Like they don't realize like, "No, this is this is hard." Like even with step up because we incorporate so much dancing into it. I think like even the producers and and everybody on the set had to learn that like our time is very valuable. Our bodies are valuable because you can you can't do this forever. You can't just do take after take after take. And what I love about Halsey, she made sure all of my needs were met. She's like, oh, do you need your nails done? Like, I'll have my, my nail artist come get your nails done. And no one would ever do that. She'd be like, oh, come chill in my trailer. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? You don't want me outside? Like, <laughs> no, like, come hang out. Or like, make sure she's there. And I, I did the Billboard Awards with her recently. And I was in dancer holding before. And, and all the people that were working with Billboard were like, no, you can't, you can't go backstage with her. You can't go there. And she's like, I was like, no, but like my outfit is in her trailer. And they're like, yeah, we'll bring it out. And then she sent one of her people to come get me so that I could come into this zone with all the artists and everything. And and honestly, like it, it's kind of crazy. Like no one does that for, for dancers. And that's why I respect her so much is she, she knows her worth, but she doesn't think she's better than anybody in that sense. Where I think that's this industry has a lot of people who have entitlement issues and I think oh, you don't the, say you don't say right and you know I've like, never interviewed one of those right no ultimately like we're <laughs> all on the same level if you strip all the like fluff and the sparkle away from everyone we're all just human beings so like we should all be treated fairly and I think that's like something that she's great about and she really just sees like passion and genuine energy in people and I, that's what I, I love about her too is I see the same and I'm, I'm attracted to people that are genuine. I'm attracted to people that are going to add to my life rather than try to keep me down because they want to succeed. And it, it's hard, but we can like all grow together. And I think that's what she's doing for us. And she's opening up this whole world for dancers and for artists to utilize dancers in a whole nother way because we really are artists in our own sense too. And we, we can really portray a story and really help with the performance rather than just cater to them, you know? So, so you, you're booking these incredible opportunities, like the Halsey opportunity, and you have these series regulars, there's going to come a point in your career, I'm assuming, where there's going to have to be, I don't want to say you have to choose between one or the other, but dancing, like you mentioned, requires so much maintenance. Like you can't just say, I'm going to go do a movie for a year and then not dance. And, you know, you kind of have to focus on one thing. Is dance, do you envision it always being a part of your package or is it something that, do you have a game plan in that sense? Honestly, for me, my career is definitely going in more of the acting side. So that's definitely what I want to be my thing but dancing is just kind of like 
at this point a part of me. Mm-hmm. I dance all the time. When I hear music, I can't help but to move. So for me, I, I don't think I've gotten to a certain point where I don't need to train anymore. But I have trained enough where I think that if I were to step away from it and it wasn't my goal to be the best, greatest dancer ever, I would still have it in my life. There's always ways to take class. And even when I'm in Atlanta filming or if I'm in New York, there's there's classes that I can go take just to dance. And I can also turn on music and, and dance for myself and film myself freestyling or I can choreograph while I'm not on set. So I definitely want to pursue more the acting. But there is like I, I've always been a little a little like scared that I'm going to have to give it up. But for me, it's, it's just a part of who I am. Like, I'm always going to be a mover, and I'm always going to be genuine with that, and it's always going to be something that's special to me. But that doesn't mean that it can't branch off into different ways. And for me, it's actually helped me with my acting career because ultimately I want to be, like, a heroine, action, badass female, superstar, movie star. Like, I want to do, like, Avengers roles. Like, I want to do all my own stuff. And Avengers have to do some choreographing. So, like, yeah. you already have that down. The fighting is all choreographed. Well, actually, my first job as an actress was for 300, the second 300, yep. and I got to sword fight. And they were actually very impressed with how I was able to learn the sword choreography because, for me, it's like movement. Like, I'm learning the choreography. It was easy for me to retain and, and to kind of mimic how they were doing it. And they're like, yeah, like... And, and that's what they kind of realized. They're like, oh, like, you can't just tell her to do it. Like, show her and she'll be able to really mimic how it is because that's what we do as dancers. We are learning choreographer from, choreography from us one person and we're mimicking how they're doing it. And then we're adding us into it after. And so I think it really helps me with where I want to go. And I've always been super sporty and kind of I have two older brothers. So I'm definitely more of a tomboy than I am a girly girl in that sense. I want I, I don't care to get dirty. I want to be like. I want to get beat up in a film. I want, you know, I want to beat somebody else up in a film. Like, I, I want to utilize my strength. And I think that's also what I have in dancing that kind of sets me apart is I have this strength behind it and I utilize my athleticism into the dancing as well. Because it, it, for me, I, I want to be like a real-life superhero if that was possible. So I'm going to do everything in my power to do it. And that's why I love fitness as well. There's just so many aspects in my life that I think are all kind of helping me to really go down the path of acting and I think dance will always be there no matter what well I'm just gonna speak for myself but I feel like there's nothing that's stopping you from anything that you put your mind to and you know this last hour of talking to you I think we've all learned some things and (laughs) right really though like people think that I don't get like even like a couple weeks ago I got told like I was going back and forth to New York I was getting flown out for this like acting to be a lead on a series that would have changed my life literally it would have changed my life and I got told no and I was like what why and like instead of like sitting there and sulking like I actually started filming myself I was like guys I'm really going through it right now but I want you to know I'm gonna push through this like I I want people to realize like I do get told no like you know what I mean but it really there's just always like a bigger plan or a bigger opportunity waiting around the I mean literally every every super a-list person that I've I look up to or I've interviewed has always said that they've been told no more than they've been told yes. Right. But it's those few yeses that are game changers. Yeah. So the no's don't really matter. Right. In the big picture, the no's don't matter. And they're all learning lessons too. Like I, I learned so much auditioning for that part. Like I, I actually think I got the best acting lessons of my life I've ever had. So like I'm like, now I can utilize this 
for the project that I am going to book. So, <laughs> Well, I feel like if we called you back a year from today, we'd have a lot of new content and new stories. Ooh, that'd and be fun. Look I, back on it. No, I really, I really feel that from you. And I think it takes a very unique type of person with a type of attitude. And that's why we wanted you on this show, because not only are you successful in the lanes that you are choosing to focus on, but you're also influencing in a positive way, the people that are following you. So I think that's really inspiring and it makes me happy for our future. It doesn't make me as scared (laughs) as certain. I will not name names, but some people scare me. Uh, me I'm scared for our future, but you give me a little bit of hope. Oh, thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) That's the goal. But yeah, so congrats on everything you have going on. Make sure you come back in a year when you've booked that like next Avengers when they decide to redo it, even though they said they wouldn't and they will and you'll be the lead. They redo everything. (laughs) I hope so. But yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. I mean, I feel like we just so much. Yeah, I talked a lot. But it was good. Like a a different like. No, no. It was a (laughs) gift from God. Like so many good nuggets. Lots of good content. Oh, God. We hope you guys enjoyed Jade. Say your last name for us one more Jade time. Jade Shanoff. Did you get that, guys? It's Shanoff. It's not So Shinoff. don't mess it up on my watch. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. Or listen or hear. I don't even know. I'm so not used to not being on camera. I'm like, I'll see you, but I won't see you. Anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs> Behind the Influence is a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 